Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, a Disney cast member dies near Pop Century. New permits reveal more about the Star Wars Hotel coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios. Disney wins a court battle over property taxes, and we're going to discuss our impressions of the new Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios. All that coming up next. From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is The Diz Unplugged. This is The Diz Unplugged, episode 998, for the week of July 10th, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Walt Disney World vacation. Let the experts at Dreams help you plan every aspect of your next vacation, all at no additional charge. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Close. Hello. Steve Porter. Hello. Corey Martin. I'm just happy to be here. And back in the production nook, our associate producer, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. And our producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Hi. I just got to change my settings here so that this thing doesn't keep turning off. How you doing, everybody? Hope your week is off to a good start. A couple of things I want to talk about in housekeeping. First of all, if... um, you are listeners or viewers to our show, and you are in the London, England area. I want to let you know that I'm going to be visiting London um, during, like, I think I'm there from the 6th to the 13th of September, and we are putting together a Diz Meet in London. Uh, we are looking right now at either September 7th or the 8th. We haven't nailed down exactly when we're doing it. Um, or the venue yet, but I just wanted to let folks know that it will be one of those two dates, and it will be in London. Uh, if you have any suggestions for venues that might be cool, that might work out for us, because Lord knows your city is expensive, um, just send us an email, podcast at disunplug.com, and uh, hopefully you can come and join us. If you think that weekend works for you, just let us know. So we have a rough idea of how many people to expect, because we never quite know. I think you should do it on the London Eye. I think you should get one of those pods and shove like 60 people into it. And everybody jump at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, we're working on some, we're looking, looking at some different places. And, um, but I'm very excited. I haven't been back to London since, uh, I think 2014 was my last, my last time out there. And I've been saying, I gotta get back, gotta get back, gotta get back. One of my all-time favorite cities in the world, so... Uh, very excited to head back to London and see some of my friends and make some new ones. So September 7th through the 8th uh, in London, let us know if you can join us. Um, also, just a reminder to check out all the shows that we have over on DizUnplugged.com, the Disney Dining Show, the best and worst of Walt Disney World, Connecting with Walt, the Universal Edition of the Diz Unplugged, uh, the, the Disneyland Show, the, the, new, the, the rebooted Disneyland Show that goes up every Monday. Um, so you can go check all of those out uh, on disunplug.com and you can really, really, really do me and Craig a huge favor right now if you are watching us on YouTube. If you are not subscribed to our channel, please go ahead and do that. We are very close to our goal of 100,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel and Craig is 
like refreshing the analytics <laughs> like every 20 minutes to see where we are. Um, so we would really appreciate it if you're not subscribed to our channel, if you would go and do that, be sure to click the little bell right down uh, below this video. You'll get notified every single time we put a new video up on our channel. So you'll never miss an exciting episode of this or any of our other shows or vlogs. Okay. I'm trying. I'm doing my best here. Um, there is something I do want to talk about before we get into the news. Um, I was waiting until I heard back from them before I address this on the show. Uh, those of you who may follow me on Facebook were aware of this right after I got off the Disney Dream a few weeks ago. Um, I had an experience in the Senses Spa that um, I don't blame them for per se, but I feel it's an important cautionary note to mention. Um, uh, the spa has added uh, what, what are known as Medi-Spa services. So these are, are treatments that would normally be done by a doctor or a physician's assistant, um, cosmetic treatments um, that uh, are now available on the spa. And there was a licensed MD who was wonderful. She was, you know, she was really awesome um, doing these treatments on the ship. Among the treatments they offer are injections of what is known as Dysport, which is just another brand name for Botox. And I had been thinking about getting some shots right around here to get rid of some of the wrinkles and crow's feet. Crow's feet. And um, so I said, what the hell? Let's go ahead and do it. So um, I had scheduled two times to go get this done, uh, Tuesday and a Thursday. So Tuesday I went and did it. Um, and I asked ahead of time about side effects. Were there any potential side effects? And she said, not really. Might be some bruising some swelling at the injection site, but you know, nothing else, nothing serious. Nobody ever has a reaction to this. So, okay. So she gives me the shots. Um, later that night, I start experiencing some, like a fever and some stomach discomfort. And at first I'm thinking, you know, maybe I've come down with something. Uh, the next day I spent, I felt horrible. I spent most of the day in bed. I had cramps, wasn't throwing up or anything like that, but I just didn't feel right. And I wondered, because it felt very similar. I, I have, a, um, I have an, an allergy to sulfa-based medications, and this felt very similar to the reactions I got from that. Not quite as severe, but like that. So I wondered about it. When I went in the next, I was feeling better on Thursday. I went in for my next set of shots, and I asked the doctor, you know, told her what had happened, asked her if uh, these could be causing any side effects, and she said, absolutely not. So I figured, okay, maybe it was just a 24-hour thing. I seem fine now. She gives me the injections. Four or five hours later, Steve can tell you, mm -hmm. I was very, very sick. Um, I was running a temperature that I would estimate to be about 103. Um... Uh, I was, I mean, I was sick, not throwing up again. So like, it's not, it wasn't like, it wasn't a flu or a stomach bug or anything like that. And I knew it was this injection. It was the kind of, and I think you've seen me have the reaction to the sulfa medication once. Uh, it was, it was like that. It was very much like that with like the uncontrollable shaking. Uh, you know, um, when these guys came to check on me, my eyes were like completely bloodshot. I had a headache that literally didn't go away for a week. Um, and of course, when I looked on the manufacturer's website, these are common side effects 
of this of this treatment, which I was not told about. Even when I asked, even when I presented that I was having some symptoms, I was told by this doctor that this was that wasn't it. Um, I proceeded to write to Steiner, Steiner Spas, who run the spa, uh, when I got home. And I didn't want to say anything until they responded back. And basically their response back to me was, no, no, that, 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 that you, know, you were not having a reaction to that. You were not sick. You were not sick, basically. Um, so I spent two and a half of a five, days of a five-day cruise in bed sick because of this. I do not blame them. It was my body's reaction to it. Um, I probably should have known better than to do this on a, on a ship um, and run the risk of maybe something happening and it ruining my, my time on the ship. Um, but So that's why I, the only reason I want to mention this, I'm not trying to tr- trash the spa or Steiner or Disney or anything like that. I don't blame any of them for that. But what I do blame them for is not being very clear with what the potential side effects are consistent with what the manufacturer of the drug says. So, um, if you are thinking about doing the Metaspa treatments, uh, I w- if you have not had these treatments before, do not do them on the ship because you are running the risk of really impacting an expensive vacation um, if you don't know what your reaction is going to be. If these are things you want to do, I suggest you do them locally by a professional you trust. And if you're don't react to them and it's all good, then by all means, enjoy yourself. But if you haven't done them before, um, I just wanted to put that cautionary tale out there and also say how disappointed. I'm a huge fan of Steiner Spas. I'm a huge fan of their products. I've had nothing but great experiences with them. I am so unbelievably. First of all, it took them almost three weeks to respond to this email. Even I was answering, like sending them back, like this ain't going away. You need, and I didn't mention this or anything like that. I just wanted to see you know, here's a guest that had this experience. What's your response? And their medical director, but basically blew it off. And so I'm really disappointed in them. Um, I don't think they are, uh, I, I think they're blowing past, um, possible side effects in order to sign as many people up for these. They didn't give you a piece possible. of paper that said possible side effects as literally as she handed me the, and this is my fault. This is why I'm not blaming them <clears throat> as she handed me the, because they give you a lot of papers to sign. And she's like, oh, this is all literally waving her hand in front of it as I'm signing it. And I should have known better to say, hey, hold on a second. But, you know, you're on a cruise and you're like, that's my fault, my responsibility. I don't blame them. Uh, But I feel it. I I, I do not feel based on the information I got back from them that Steiner is going to change anything in their policies about making going out of their way saying listen these are possible side effects that should have been said verbally by the doctor to me when i first asked i don't know that she knew are you allergic to sulfa i am allergic to sulfa yes that's the only thing i'm allergic to that and overcooked steaks but i did they ask you the um before what you're allergic they they do ask what you're allergic to and there's no sulfa in diceport or botox okay Um, yeah so um, there but was you had no the reason. same reaction that as, as it was you had a, it. It was not as severe. Look, if I if I take sulfa, I'm hallucinating, I'm vomiting. I'm hmm. literally my fever is so high that I'm out of my mind, and then I go into these almost convulsions. Hmm. Um, and that started happening with this: the high fever, uh, the disorientation. Um, I was absolutely having an allergic reaction to those shots. There's no doubt in my mind about it. Um, so. But Steiner says, no, no, not, not possible. 
the manufacturer disagrees, but Steiner says no. So uh, it's just a cautionary tale. The spa is wonderful. The service in the spa is amazing. The folks were fantastic. Um, absolutely get your facials and your massages and your manis and pedis and all the rest of it done. I'm not saying that. The Medi Spa stuff, if you haven't had these treatments before, please, 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 please do it locally first. And then if you want to do it on the ship, do it on the ship. But I just wanted to make sure I put that out there to folks as a cautionary tale. So with that, is there anything else we have for housekeeping this week? No? 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 All quiet? Just a Pete SA. Uh, (laughs) He is full of it today. It's been been 17 17 years, and I still still have to restrain myself from slapping him um, with these dad jokes. Um, The thing is, he was telling dad jokes before he was a dad. Um, So, all right. With that, we will turn it over to Johnny with the news. All right. Our first news story. Tragic tragic accident at Walt Disney World kills cast member near Pop Century Resort. On Monday, July 9th, the Orange County Sheriff reported receiving a 911 call about 9.18 a.m. to respond to a guard gate next to the Pop Century Resort at Walt Disney World. When they arrived, they found a male in his late 30s unconscious. The victim was pronounced deceased at the scene by Reedy Creek Fire Department. The deceased has been identified as 33-year-old Juan Alberto Ojeda, a Walt Disney World cast member. He leaves behind a wife and a five-year-old son. A Walt Disney World spokesperson confirmed the cast member died in an accident near the Pop Century Resort. The accident occurred in an industrial area near Pop Century and the Waldorf Astoria Golf Course. The Orange County Sheriff has called it, quote, an industrial accidental death, and Disney says the accident was not construction-related. In a statement by Walt Disney World Resort President George Calagridis, he says, quote, all of us at Walt Disney World Resort are deeply saddened today by the loss of one of our cast members. Our thoughts and concerns are with the family, friends, and fellow co-workers, This is a tragic accident, and we are providing resources and care for those impacted and working closely with the proper authorities to understand how this happened. Sad news. It is. It was a sad story, and I think they made the point of, um, well, first of all, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family. He leaves behind Mm -hmm. a wife and a five-year-old son. Um, But I I think Disney wanted to specify that this was not a construction-related accident. Because it had happened uh, in the area where they are working on the gondola system. And speculation was going around on social media yesterday that he was working on the gondola, the, the gondola system, and that's where this accident happened. So um, it's, not, uh, it's not apparently related to that, but they are not specifically saying what happened yet. Uh, Disney said that it was the, uh, up to the sheriff's office to release those details, and I think once the investigation is complete... Mm. They will, but nonetheless, a really, really sad story. That is sad. All right, moving on to story number two. Happy, maybe a little bit happier, especially for Kevin. New permit <laughs> reveals how Star Wars hotel guests may access Disney Hollywood Studios. A new permit filed July second, two thousand eighteen, has provided details on where the upcoming Star Wars hotel near Disney's Hollywood Studios will be located in relation to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge including how it will be accessed by by guests of the hotel. According to the permit, quote, the project generally consists of clearing, earthwork, mass grading, and development. I thought you were going to say mass graves. 
That's a hard sentence. That was a weird one. <laughs> also, the project project includes construction of a bridge over the Reedy Creek Improvement District L402 Canal. Uh, a water quality. I treatment. love the L402. <laughs> I, know, I can't it's believe of, they're going to do this to it's it. It's one of my most beautiful canals. <laughs> it is. So do uh, you know kayak cruises. All water quality treatment and compensating storage will be accommodated in the existing downstream stormwater pond. So the important part here is that the permit reveals that a bridge will be installed over an existing drainage canal, allowing vehicles to get to the front entrance of the hotel from the from Disney Hollywood Studios parking lot. So originally the speculation was you were going to walk into the resort through the hotel. Somehow that's how it was going to be positioned. Now there seems to be some kind of roadway. You're going to go over a ditch. Yeah, you're going to go over the L402. The L402, <laughs> one of my favorites. Is it a walk? I'm guessing it's going to be a walking bridge. Though, it says vehicle. A, huh. That's a very short drive. There's canal allowing vehicles to get to the front entrance, but it doesn't have a kind of vehicle. Maybe it's like a people mover type of thing. It could be an at at. It could be. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only if it opens fire on the pedestrians. That would be great, wouldn't it? Um, an at at is a. I don't care. <laughs> Spare me. Do you know what I hear? But you know what? They, this maybe could be something cool. Maybe it would be it just be. an entrance. For hotel guests, that's specifically themed. Where's the gift shop? Probably right as you get off that canal. The so, L402. It's right over the L402. Maybe they do it like a transportation type of thing, like a Star Wars. I think we should go protest. The like L402 right. should be left as it is. <laughs> Save the L402. <laughs> don't you think that would be? <laughs> don't you think that would be cool? I think that. It sounds I think, like a car. I think that should be hashtag on Twitter. Save the L402. <laughs> Save the L402. Um, that we should make that a thing. Um. I mean, L402 sounds like a Star Wars thing. It does. They should just leave the name. C3PO's yeah. friend. Yeah, yeah, really, L402. Um, I'm excited about this hotel. Um, if for no other reason than just to sit in the lobby and watch the people that dress up so we can pass judgment. I was thinking about uh, having uh, Kevin dress up as Mr. Spock. Oh, the baby doctor? <laughs> no, that's Dr. Spock. <laughs> and then go in and watch the Star Wars fans lose their mind. Um, uh, yes, you should be breastfeeding until he's four. <laughs> How do you dress up as Dr. Spock? Mr. Spock, yeah. I don't like going as either one, so drop him. <laughs> I don't know. I think if we raise enough money for Give Kids the World, Kevin should do that. I tell you what, make it raise enough money for the Louis Vuitton store, I'm in. <laughs> you going to donate to Give Kids the World? That's beautiful. No. <laughs> if I have to give dress up as a... Give Kids a Louis? A Star Wars critter, I'm going to... I don't think that's what they need. <laughs> They're on their own. <laughs> All right. Let them dress up. All right, our third and final news story. Judge rules in favor of Disney in court battle over property tax assessments. You thought you were sleeping before <laughs> until I get into this one. Does this involve the L402? It does not. <laughs> the Walt Disney Company has been in several ongoing battles with Orange County Property Appraisal, Rick Singh's assessment of their properties at the Walt Disney World Resort. Specifically, the dispute over Singh's more than $336 million valuation of Disney's Yacht and Beach Club Resort. That's a lot. 
Disney succeeded in convincing a judge that the value should have been just over $188 million, resulting in an overpayment of $1.2 million in property taxes with Orange County, which Orange County must refund. A Disney representative said, quote, We are pleased with the judge's ruling, which confirms the property appraisal's methodology was inappropriate and and unconstitutional and led to an unlawful 118% increase in the assessed value of Disney's property. Orange County appraiser Ring Singh shared his response as well. What did I say? Rick Singh? His name has changed several times. I know, I can't. He should change it. It's it's Rick Singh, yeah. Just a moment ago, it was Ring Singh. Ring Singh. And basically he's saying, listen, we dispute this and the judge is wrong and our methodology is good. Well, he... uh, he ran because these are uh, this is an elected position the uh, county appraiser um and he ran on a platform of going after disney universal and SeaWorld because they have been grossly underpaying what he felt and a lot of people in town feel uh they should be paying based on the value of their land that it was severely undervalued um it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that a judge in Central Florida ruled in Disney's favor. I'm not saying that there's any impropriety there. I'm just saying that it's not too often, especially on business matters, that these judges rule the other way. So I, I'm i not surprised. I wonder if, I, I wonder if this is the end of it or... No, he says he's going to... Uh, he's going to appeal it. Yeah. He's going to vigorously defend this case on behalf of the taxpayers. You go, Rick. Um, so our, our news was death taxes in Star Wars. <laughs> really? One of the things that I think is interesting... The three though, things that are guaranteed in life. That's right. Really? Death taxes in Star Wars. One of the things I think is interesting is that the, the appraisal kind of is based on the fact that Disney raises the property value. So the fact that Disney is there and has built the resorts and has built the property is a reason why it's worth more money. Because if it was never been Walt Disney World, that property wouldn't be worth $118 million. So yeah. it's an well, interesting that's true fight. of any, any piece of property. The minute you improve it and put a house on it, it's worth more. But also what it's nearby is also a big part of the uh, value of the You're property. Like the L402. The L402. Access the L402. Yeah, I mean, we can't, we can't underestimate the, the, the value as of we that. speak. I think this, the number is staggering. I think that 118, 188 million versus 336, I and mean, those are staggering numbers. Personally, I think they're interesting. <sighs> That's what's happened to you. Someone has already tweeted, save L402. Save L402. Heidi, we love you. Go ahead. I want to say it. Save L402. Hashtag that. And while you're at it, um, you got I, I tweeted out today, uh, we have a video on our YouTube channel. Of it's the Clegg. Clegg? Clegg. But this is the day. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Uh, of, of, of Craig acting very inappropriately on uh, Toy Story Midway Mania. It I had to sit be, next to him on that. So It I, might be the best video we've ever put up. <laughs> when we watched it back, we could not stop laughing. Well, I, I just Our, saw it for the first time this morning. <laughs> oh, and as soon was, as I saw it, I went, I grabbed my phone. It was just. Like, and oh my God. I tweeted out, you know, <laughs> video of Craig pleasuring himself on Midway Mania. Um, and. Uh, 
it was like a true belly laugh. Like I couldn't even contain myself when we watched the video. It was hilarious. It really <laughs> is funny. So you really need to check it out. And while you're over checking it out, subscribe to our channel. Um, or you might wait, did people... you clip it out? Did you clip it out or anything? Or we have, they have Oh no, he did not thing. clip any of that out there. Oh, right. I, your oh no, it's all there. Your commentary while he's playing the game is hilarious because you're not aware of what Neither, I'm not aware. Neither of them aware are, of were aware. I was doing. Because, you know, Disney sets up Disney sets up these cameras for them when they do the media events. So there's a camera on them. And then they have the camera actually on the attraction itself. And they actually put, put Craig was telling me they put glasses over it so that it, it looks normal when you film it. Um, and they're, they're just there playing it. It's the way Craig is firing that made it look very suggestive. Some people like to pull their string back this way. Some people like to pull their string down. Um, and you're not helping. You're not helping. Those hand gestures right there were not helping. So go uh, on our site and tell us, how do, how do you like to pull your string? <laughs> yeah. We like to know. Hashtag L402. L402, um, how I pull my string. Oh, my uh, microphone is sideways here. So, so much for that clean rating on iTunes <laughs> yeah. this week. So, we've said nothing wrong. We've said nothing wrong. <laughs> We're just <laughs> pointing out that string. this is a, a funny video if you have the mind of an eighth grader. And so what are the comments that Corey's making about how Craig's pulling <laughs> Oh, you need to watch. All right, yeah, Corey's not commenting. They're not paying attention no. to that. But Corey's, some of Corey's comments when you're thinking about the video in a certain way are very, very, very funny. Um, so that's all I'm going to say. Go check it out for yourself. And while you're there, subscribe to our channel, please. Um, oh, wait. I breaking have a news. Google Earth image of L402. Oh, look at all those cruisers. I love L402. As pretty as I thought it was going to be. All right, that'll do it for the news. All right, I need so, a nap. Thank you, Doug. While we're talking about uh, strings. strings and Toy Story, um, let's talk about the, the big opening of Toy Story Land. <laughs> I want to hear about your big oh, opening. <laughs> oh. Really? <laughs> Just because I laugh doesn't mean I, yeah. I'm laughing, yeah. really. Welcome to, wel- welcome to the eighth grade bathroom. <laughs> um, Beavis and Butthead do a podcast. Yeah, really, effectively, <laughs> that's what it's turning into. Um, so let's talk about Toy Story Land. Um, opened last week, last Friday, right? Mm, Saturday. Saturday. It's soft open officially, yeah. It's soft open Friday. Soft open on Friday, but officially open Saturday. Saturday. Yep. Glad we nailed that down. (laughs) Now, have you been over there? I have. Wow. I know. I was invited for the travel agent. Oh, right. Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah. The Thursday night. I was out in California, so I I have not had a chance to see yet. So I will be the voice of those. He hasn't seen it yet either. Are not have not seen it yet. Everybody else has been there. You've been there, Corey. Yep. For the media event, along They're with the all day Thursday, Steve, Rhino, and Craig. So, okay, um, look to me. Say, wow, you've been somewhere. <laughs> you go places. I, I'm just surprised you went to a theme park. <laughs> um, I left my house. You left your house. Um, so, talk to me. Then let me ask you first, John. Um, first impressions. What did you think of it? I loved it. I think it's incredible. I'm going to just say this. I know that people are out there saying it's not what they wanted and they cut back the pre- the amount of money they were going to spend and blah, blah, blah. It's a well-themed, pretty, well-executed land with rides that I think adults and children can enjoy. I think it's got a very cool concept. I think it's a great addition to the theme park. What was your favorite part? Um, just the overall theming. Just the fact that you were just you were put in Andy's backyard with the toys, and I think they did a fantastic job on the overall theming. Okay, 
Corey, what did you think of it? I think I thought it was everything I expected, and I I was excited uh, for this since day one. Um, but I think I expected exactly what was presented. It's the the theming is incredible. I I thought Slinky Dog was a little bit faster than I anticipated. Went a little higher than I anticipated. Um, the land was about the same size that I thought. I knew it wasn't going to be a big land. I think I thought the um, I thought there'd be a little bit more shade, but I don't know how are you mm. going to theme mm. how are you going to theme that in in a backyard um, when everything's to scale. I enjoy looking for the little um, Easter eggs throughout the entire land. All the toys that you well I grew up playing with, like you know the some of the see I don't even know the name. I was so young. Um, yo yo, yo yo, Tinker yo, toys. No, no. What are those? What are the little Tinker toys? Tinker toys. Yeah, Tinker, tinker toys. toys. Um, oh. Yeah, I, I bought a box of those, uh, like a little tube of those, and they're all around our house now. We find them under the. the I wonder couch. if it does that. It probably introduces kids today to those kids, like to those toys, yeah. And, and but toys. I enjoyed the the land. I enjoyed the theming. I think when um, we we went on Thursday, so we, I, I haven't experienced it with a crowd yet. I'm not sure if that's going to impact my feeling, but overall, I loved it. It was everything I experienced, it, and my kids. I showed Ferris all the videos that Craig did and some of the photos that I took. He was so excited. He goes, I go there. I'm like, okay, maybe in three November. years. <laughs> yeah, it really cools off. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of the crowds, uh, Steve got a chance to do it uh, both as part of the media event, but then, bless his heart, and I was watching those live streams you were doing on Facebook from the opening when it was open to the public, and it took you... Two and a half hours, I think it was. Almost, it was like two hours and 45 minutes. I waited in line just to get in the land uh, because I wanted to experience it the way that everyone else was on the opening day to see what that was all about. And I was going out on social media and everything. So uh, lots of people were reacting with, you know, wow, this is crazy. And it, it was pretty insane. The line to get in stretched from the front of the land, which is uh, back kind of by Walt Disney Presents. Uh, and it zigzagged through Pixar Place, which is now closed. And it kind of went back and forth in there. And then it wrapped around, went into the great movie rides old queue not inside but the outdoor part of the queue and zigzagged a bunch in there and then all the way back to abc commissary oh my lord um and it was insane uh and there was no water carts or anything like that coming around so it was just three hours in the sun and it was hot too it was very hot um and then 20 minutes into me being inside toy story land it started to pour about as hard as like hurricane season it was like coming down so i immediately got drenched and after 20 minutes of being in there fortunately it was Steve enough ordering fortunately it was enough time that i did some live streaming inside but i was like completely that day it was so, raining sideways and yeah now one of the some of the biggest complaints coming as a result uh, from people that are experiencing toy story land uh, the lack of really indoor areas. So, you know, in a torrential downpour. There's no place to There's, there's no, place, no to place to hide. There's yeah. no merchandise um, shop. There's no inside all kiosks and carts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Even the queues, unless you're far into Slinky Dog's queue or far into Alien Swirling Saucer's queue, there's no coverage either. It's not, it's not that it's not inside. It's like there's no There's shade. no shade of any kind. Yeah. That's the other complaint that I've been hearing. And... Um, and I don't know if it's because of theming, because if you think about it, I mean, the Imagineers, I've got to, I've got to put 
um, I got to think about them when they're thinking of designing Andy's backyard. I mean, what do you do? I mean, what, what do you put? Safety first. That's what it always should be. I think they could put trees in. They could put trees in and people can say. It's a backyard. It can have trees. Yeah, have massive trees. trees. It could it have, have a, massive you know, trees. an umbrella in the backyard. Yeah. Or a series of umbrellas I along. Mean, Bugs Life, the Bugs Life land in California Adventure is supposed to be outside. And I feel like there's manages to be. Well, there's a lot of shade there. Shade, there's a lot yeah. of shade. So I know that was a big complaint. Also, seating at Andy's lunchbox, there was not enough. And you didn't get to sit down unless you were holding a tray of food. Which, originally, I was upset about because I just wanted to sit down. But then I kind of have realized with how small of an area that is that that's the way it has to be because you would have no place to sit once you have your food if everyone else is just sitting there to sit My My question is... Especially in a theme park that is still half under construction now that this is open as opposed to three quarters um, the crowds that they knew they were going to attract for this why why overlook shade why overlook indoor areas why overlook this stuff is this the reason why people are speculating that they they cut the budget and they they kind of did this on the cheap. Oh, I don't think they overlook shade. I think the problem is that the foliage is not mature. It's a new land, and it has to fill in. I think that'll provide shade. And I think they can't. There's no merchandise area because it's a small land. If they were to put in a shop, it would take up a huge amount of that space. And they just—it's a, yeah. a very small location. I, I don't know about that shade argument though, because Lights Motors Action opened and it had no covering, and you were supposed to wait on the on the pavement for like an hour. And then like, you it, sat in a toaster oven. I was just yeah, say, exactly. We used to call it the microwave. <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. one of those things that I feel like I, I don't specifically at this theme park. It is always these decisions get made by somebody who doesn't live here, who is not familiar with Central Florida. They look at a weather chart and they're like, oh, it rains a lot there. Oh, it gets hot there. But you don't know what it feels like when it's 100% humidity yeah. with a 90 degree temperature and it's going to rain. Like You're going to get heat, a sunstroke really quick. And on the, one of the days I went, I got sick and I had to leave because it was just too much for me. And like, and you're it, delicate, it, though. It can just happen really quick. Well, I'm somebody who's trained. That's the thing. I worked at an attractions outdoors for eight years, so I know how to handle this heat. And I, I just think about, I was with somebody who had a baby, and that baby was not big enough to get on the Slinky Dog coaster, but she could go on the Ailing Swirling Saucers. But while we're trying to switch off, there's nowhere for us to hold the baby that the baby's not getting, you know, like it's, it's, it's like under the restroom area, exactly. right? I think that's the only covered spot if you're not eating. Yeah. Or getting into a ride. Like right, Toy exactly. Story Mania is, you know, um, got a little bit of coverage. That's just my big, but, that's yeah. my big complaint about it. That's pretty well, it was uh, also for me on Thursday. I mean, I brought a change of clothes into, into the theme park just because I was soaking wet, um, just was sweating. And I, I felt bad for everybody near me. Um, but it, it, it was just I'm like, how can I cool off? You know, there was nowhere to cool off, really. All I, right. So I'm sorry, Steve. Oh, I, I just want to say, w- with experiencing the grand opening and the three-hour waits just to get in, and then five hours for Slinky Dog and all these crazy wait times, I am so scared now to see what the lines are the, for the grand opening of Star Wars Land. I think it's going to be all the way back to Tampa. Well, day. that was one of the that was one of the jokes is that they 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 uh, opened it early. Uh, to in anticipation of crowds and somebody posted on Twitter that by that reasoning um, they're going to have to invent like a new dimension of time uh, to open up Star Wars. 
Somebody tweeted that they got out of the line at Slinky Dog and went over and got in line at Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but that, that, that's only was on opening day. The line hasn't been that bad. Yeah. Craig, Craig and I went and did, and there's a video on the channel you can watch. Um, we did a review of Andy's um, lunchbox, or Woody's, Woody's lunchbox, for sorry. breakfast, right? Yeah, and um, we spoke to a listener while we were there, and she was telling us that they had come in. They had gotten there around, I don't know, she said like 8.15 or something like that? Yeah. The park had opened at 8? Forty-five minutes. The non-long-winded way around it is the crowds haven't been bad since yeah. then. It's been everybody wants about to be there minutes. on opening day. Yeah, everybody wants to say I got there on opening day because they think they're going to put out a button or a pin or, or something or like edition cupcake, which they didn't, and I was kind of pissed about that. Yeah. But. but Slinky Dog has been about ninety minutes, and um, Alien Swirling Saucers has been way less than that. Basically, towards the end of the night, which your two best times to ride any attractions, if you've ever been to a park, you know, first thing in the morning or end of the night. The average wait at the end of the night, I want to say, has been around 30 minutes oh, wow. for Slinky Dog Dash. So it's the crowds were bad the first day, yes, but it has calmed down since then. So, so you've done just, Slinky Dog I, at night too, right? You, you said that it's a lot cooler, a yeah. lot more interesting looking at night because all the lights are on yeah. and everything. My favorite okay, part so of- right now. I'm looking at my, my Disney Experience app. Toy Story Midway Mania, 35-minute wait right now. Uh, Alien Swirling Saucers. What is wrong with me today? Just say That's the one. abbreviation. Yeah, yeah. No. 40-minute um, <laughs> wait. Slinky Dog Dash, 75-minute wait. Those are not ridiculous yeah. at all. I think it's actually warranted. Like... After riding Slinky Dog for the first time, my exact thought was, if I wasn't invited there for media, I would have been happy waiting about 75 minutes for it for the first time. You know, after that, no. Agreed. But Agreed. for the very first time. I wouldn't time, have a problem waiting 75 yeah. minutes to they, remember, they experience it. It's the middle it. of summer. It's high crowds. A lot of locals are going. This is, you know. But even, but look, it, it has taken crowds away from Toy Story Mania. At a, third, a half hour wait for Toy Story third, Mania? Yeah, but since the third track got added to Toy Story Mania... But it's, it's still always been up around an hour. You don't really see 35 minutes yeah, that often. It, that it night, of the, that night of the preview, when it was still open on Pixar Place, it was a 90-minute wait. Because yeah. I walked down there to see if they had done anything, like if you could see Star yeah. Wars-related stuff. And it was a 90-minute wait. They, so. did, they did add some umbrellas along, like some temporary umbrellas along the queue for Slinky Dog if you're going to go and wait in the morning as well, too. It's not, like, awesome, but it's better than nothing. Too. Craig, let me ask you a question, because this is uh, no. one thing that happened when um, about the single rider line at Slinky Dog. Is that still no. a thing? That, that was no. just for That was me? just while we were Okay, there. all right. Also, I think this is the type of place where people are going to get in and get out. This isn't a place where people are going to go and linger. For okay. now, until it opens. Well, no, yeah. I mean, I think, I think in general, I don't think there's a land where people are going to hang out and stay there. They're going to ride those rides and go. Yeah, it's, it's not like Pandora where they're going to want to ride that ride over and over and over again. I think yeah. Slinky Dog the, is... We talked about it on the Dream Show that was released yesterday. So there's also that content with all the vlogs and everything we've posted. So there's a lot out there that we've already done on this. I wholeheartedly believe that Toy Story Land is very well themed. It's not immersive. And when you're in an immersive area, you just want to sit and take in everything around you. With Toy Story Land, while I think you could, you know, if you are sitting at, like, uh, Woody's Lunchbox, you could probably hang out there for a good 15, 20 minutes while you're eating, watch what's happening. But beyond that, then, it's 
right. kind of like, okay, well, time to move on. It's yep. not where it's not like Pandora where you just you just listen to the sounds, you take it all in, you can just you can just spend as much time there. Same thing goes with like the Wizarding World. Those are areas you want to just people watch and Toy Story Land for me doesn't doesn't do that. There's still a And I think that's okay. I think we have to stop yeah. expecting everything at Disney yeah. to be incredible and the best and I can't you know, I want to spend my whole life there and I want to go back a hundred times. It's okay to have a ride you ride once on your vacation. And your kids ride once on their vacation, and then they move on to something else. And that's what I'm still trying to say, is people are jumping on me. Oh, you like Toy Story Land after criticizing it. All I did for months was try to say, manage your expectations. It's it's going to be fun, especially for kids, but it's not going to be Pandora. And that's exactly what it is. It doesn't right. mean it's so, not great. All that being accepted, um, talk to me about Andy's lunchbox. The food... Uh, is there alcohol being served? Yeah. Yes. So Andy's mom is an alcoholic, not, not, and she is serving. This is supposed to be under Andy's bed, you the, know. So they, they've had yeah. like bottles we of vodka. We have to stop that here, though. It, the first time that was discussed, it's not Andy's lunchbox. It's, it's Woody's Woody. lunchbox. Woody's, yeah. So it's, Woody's an alcoholic. No, it's he. He's from the West. He goes yeah, to saloons. Yeah, he probably has a gun <laughs> in there too. To take it all with a grain of salt. Yes, they serve alcohol, but it's called. <laughs> besides the beer, all right. there it's all, being, grown. all that being accepted. Tell me what's on offer and what did you guys think of it? Uh, there's we didn't have any of it. Yeah, I didn't I've have had everything. Who um, has eaten? It? Well, we've had some of the stuff oh. was previewed to us during the preview event. Uh, I actually brought home some of the little toaster cakes for oh, Kevin. I put I them in my pocket liquor. and snuck them out. No. <laughs> yes, I am that person. We'll see. That's yeah, great. I did. I took stuff home. <laughs> and I got to taste some of the stuff. It tasted very good to me. I enjoyed it. But I don't know that that's... But that's a media event. Right, exactly. And it's With different. With every miniature in the world standing by watching. Right. right. So, But Steve, you have experienced it. I have it. experienced it. Uh, the last like two, two or three days I went over there uh, with my wife. And we both... Liked it a lot. Uh, I had the uh, Monte, Monte Cristo, which was not a true Monte Cristo. It was just uh, basically a sandwich with the makings of it, but it wasn't deep fried the Disneyland style. Um, it's not a Monte Cristo. Yeah. Monte so, Cristo is a deep fried sandwich. But it w- that being said, I still thought it was really good. It just wasn't what it said it was. Um, and to be honest, I cannot remember what she had. Oh, she had the turkey sandwich, and she liked it as well. So I think... For me, it's probably the best quick service in uh, uh, Hollywood Studios, but that's a low bar. Seriously, that's not saying a lot. Uh, so it surpassed the low bar it had to meet, but I don't think it's the best quick service at Walt Disney World. It's good. We liked the uh, breakfast quite a bit. We, I mean, like it's somewhere I actually almost went back to this weekend just to go to eat the breakfast there. I, yep. I think, uh, honestly, it is just sandwiches. But it's really well-made sandwiches. When, yeah. when you take something that's very simple and you can do it to the best of your ability, then you have a hit. And I, I genuinely think it's really good. Like I, the brisket the night we got on uh, got it for the media event, it was one of those things where I had to go back and get it. And then once I did, it was not as good as it was the media event night, but still one of the more tasty things I've had at Disney. And honestly, I, I think... I think the food's great there, and it's, you know, it's right up there with like Rosie's and Fairfax Fair. I think that also is serving good okay. food over there. Mm-hmm. But um, like, yes, yeah, for now on, skip Backlot Express. Yeah, skip the other 
garbage stuff in Hollywood studios and try it out. And the prices were fair. But how long were the lines to get food? Oh, we walked. We, yeah, like, we walked three. right up for breakfast and we mobile ordered for our dinner and it maybe took 10 minutes. You think that's going to be the case if word gets out? This is one of the better places to eat in Hollywood studios? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they're pretty efficient because yeah, they're very efficient. They're very yeah. fast. They yeah. were turning people around really quickly. I, I was surprised that there's only two registers, but I mean, it ended up being fine. Yeah, it's it, when it's a small limited menu like that, and it's something very easy to throw together fast. Mm. It, they would have to really screw up to now, take too long. Now, Craig, you had said something to me that I thought was interesting um, about Slinky Dog Dash mm-hmm. that you preferred it over Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I but I've hated Mine Train since basically the first time I wrote it. I don't. All right, who, do, who who's done Slinky Dog that does not hate Mine Train? Oh, I don't hate Mine Train, hate, but I've done Slinky Dog like seven times. Like, you think it's better than Mine Train? I personally like it better because um, the seats I find are more spacious. So, like if if you're a, an average or above size like a sized adult, I find it very difficult to get into Mine Train. I do really enjoy the animatronics and like the scene where you're going into the mine in Mine Train. However. I, I think I love mine. Th- th- that's why it's hard for me to compare. I can't do both. Yeah, I can't say one's better than the other. Lines. I like them both yeah. in their own way. You know, it just one has a you know like the Slinky Dog. It's all outside, which is which is I, I love and love that in a motor uh, in a roller coaster. But you know the that sort of the it, like I you were the saying tunnels, like the inside like, yeah. area of Mine Train. I enjoy that, but I do like I think the track of Slinky Dog is a lot long. Like it's like um, what you said earlier. I, it was taller than I expected. It was longer than I expected, and I really respect that. Especially, I think this should be the goal of family coasters as opposed to like Barnstormer mm-hmm. that lasts for ten seconds. You know, this was right. like I was surprised how long it lasted. I also like the fact that it comes out into the park. We don't see that a lot at Walt Disney World. Mm. The ride is actually in Toy Story Land over where you would walk. Yeah. A pedestrian would walk. So mm-hmm. It's very cool. And all right. So favorite thing and least favorite thing, John? Again, overall, the theming, I think, was my most favorite. Least favorite was the fact that it was no shade. And I was, you know, I was burnt within 10 minutes. But that's just me. Corey? Um, I've already said the the shade i think that's that's going to be an issue what's favorite and least favorite well i'm gonna start with my least favorite okay um i, I like to do the worst and best show um <laughs> <laughs> the, the shade and then but i i really enjoyed slinky dog and i think the theming um i, I can't pick one there's so many uh, it's um scale th- one. I, I'll, I'll do i'll do the theming i can't do scale of one town so i'll bring my kids scale of one to ten. Oh, for me nine nine what do you what about you john i put it in nine Really? Okay. For what it is. You got to remember For what it, what it is. is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Steve? Yeah, I think we're all kind of on the same page. I think it fills a void. Uh, and so I think the best is Slinky Dog, uh, like everyone else is saying. The worst, I think, is there's twofold. I agree uh, with the lack of shade, but I'd also say with the lack of shade, not having a, a gift shop, I think is weird. And I think it's strange that as a replacement, they've kind of put a lot of Toy Story merchandise throughout Hollywood Studios. But I think that that. But One, there are like kiosks and carts. There's little carts, but it just feels like a cheap, yeah, a cheap replacement because they decided not to build uh, Al's toy barn. Yeah. All right. So scale of one to ten. Uh, eight or nine. Yeah. All right, uh, Craig. Um, my favorite thing is alien swirling saucers. I love really? That. Yeah. Like day or night. I loved it too. I both times. It's well. it's fun. Like the techno music with that's 
all Toy Story songs, and it's impossible to not smile on it. As soon as you start whipping around, you just you just start having fun immediately. Uh, Is it nauseating? I don't find it no. nauseating, but no. I'm not one of the sick when spinning types of okay. people, so... Uh, the worst is obviously just like everyone else said the the shade issue with it but um, and as far as I, I can't come up with a one to ten because I don't know what we're what it we're comparing it to so like as an addition to Hollywood Studios it <laughs> I mean, but that's that's where it's oh, not... Oh, dear God, give it a number. It's not fair to judge because the rest of Hollywood Studios is older and dated, and this is brand new. So based on the rest of I should of give it a higher number. On a, scale yeah, of one, going, on a scale of one to ten, how much did you enjoy it? Uh, about a eight. There you go. Thank you, John. <laughs> that was... I give it like a seven and a half, I think. Uh, the lack of shade is a huge detractor for me. It's Florida. It's very hot. You knew people were going to be standing around here in the future. And I don't care what people say about the foliage. That is never going to grow and cover and create shade there because of the way they planted it. So I, I'm a little like, uh, and I feel like the Slinky Dog could have had a little bit more to it. But I'm going to say Slinky Dog is definitely, well, Slinky Dog or food. I really like the food. I'm all about the food. I don't know. So I was, I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I think but it was great. Everyone universally seems to think this was a great addition and well oh, done. For sure. no I'm going to give it a three. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, we don't get to vote because we haven't been there yet. Well, I just want to. Be well, different. he brought the food in his pocket. Home. I did. So, I, did get, I mean, that, that kind of. <laughs> I did get the pop tarts. <laughs> All right, that will do it for that. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to Rapid Fire, and we will start with you, Mr. Mayday. All right, uh, big news. Walt Disney World extends free dining offer to book by August 1st. For no reason and with no advanced warning, this has just dropped. They've not, they didn't make a big deal about it. It's not a big promotion, but it used to be if you book by July 7th, now it's booked by August 1st, so obviously they're having trouble filling some hotel rooms. Travel dates, August 20th through September 29th, November 24th through November 27th, December 3rd through December 20th, December 7th, excuse me, through December 23rd, uh, booked by August 1st for free dining. Now, one of the things I did was I asked our Dreams Unlimited travel agents, are you really finding free dining or is this just a lost leader? And they're really finding free dining. Uh, Coron- so it's still available. Yep. Coronado hmm. Springs, December 15th through December 21st. Hmm. December 22nd through December 27th at Coronado, which is uh, something we like to point out. As long as you start your vacation during the promotion, you get it for your full vacation. So here's someone who is going to go and have it for Christmas, free dining over Christmas. That's um, Okay, good luck getting table service well yeah he's just not but. saying you're gonna actually gonna eat but you got free dining. <laughs> a lot of rice crispy treats in your future <laughs> yacht club december 17th to december 22nd and caribbean beach in a pirate room which is very exciting november 25th through november 30th so um that's what interested me the most about this is that it's still available to book and well that's the reason why they're extending it through uh, uh august, august 1st, 1st. Um, so let me let me ask this question because the minute I saw that come out that they were extending free dining through August first, I'm like that's interesting because they're not going to do that unless it hasn't sold as well as they anticipated. Right. Is the bloom off the rose with free dining? Have people finally gotten the message that you know what? I think 
it's not always such a great deal? Here's the deal. People are now making a decision. Do I come this year or do I wait for Star Wars? Ah. And there are more people who said, I am going to wait until next year before I book my vacation. It doesn't matter what the price is. I can't afford to go both years. So does that mean you think we'll see even more extreme discounts come the fall? I do. Okay. I do. I think also beginning of next year, we're going to see some discounts. That Disney's going to make it really, really appealing to come now yep. because they don't want to lose that revenue in this fiscal year. So. They got those taxes that back that to do. <laughs> what were the hotels you said, the agent? Uh, it was Coronado, Caribbean Beach. Well, the ones that are, aren't those both under construction? I know Coronado is. Well, that is, was the thing. And I know Caribbean. Corona- hold on. Coronado's construction is up near the front, and it really doesn't impact. But you know, it could impact sound. I mean, if you want to go to your room, take a nap during the day, However, your kids want Coronado wanna- has all new rooms. The rooms are beautiful. So, I mean, that's you know something I look forward yeah. to looking to. I thought the same thing. I thought, well, Coronado and, and Caribbean Beach. Yacht Club, Yacht Club is not on construction. But Yacht Club is the other mm. one. So, they're so, finding it's it. It's the Yacht Club, but it's not under <laughs> oh, construction. I like the Yacht Club. <laughs> um, I have to, you know, I need to go back to the Yacht Club and try it. It's been a few years. Um, I need to go do a proper review of it and see what I think. But. Bring um, your Segway, because if you get the far room, you're walking forever. That's true of, even that's true of Boardwalk. <laughs> Remember the first room we ever had at Boardwalk mm-hmm. when we did DVC? It was in Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was in Hollywood Studios. I got the joke wrong. It was in Hollywood Studios. It was in Hollywood Studios. We had to walk from there to Epcot. Um, all right. Thank you, John. Kevin. Mine's about the Star Wars Hotel. <laughs> I love it. Oh, Actually, 402. What they're doing ABD there? <laughs> Actually, that's not true. Um, <clears throat> mine is dull. Adventures by Disney has changed their insurance policy. And you made fun of my taxes story. Yeah, really. You had three of them. Um, We need music for this. You do. I just want to let everybody know. I've tried to let everybody know, but I'm going to tell everybody here. In the past, Adventures by Disney would let you move your date as long as you were outside of final payment. You couldn't get your deposit back past 14, the first 14 days, but ABD would let you allow you to move your date, regardless of whether or not you had purchased insurance. They have changed that. If you've purchased insurance and paid within the 14 days so that you cover pre-existing conditions, if you move that date, you now you can no longer do it. It's considered a cancellation, and you have to uh, then submit a claim through the insurance policy. Okay. So they kind of get you coming and going. If you want to cover pre-existing conditions, you have to pay for insurance within 14 days of making your booking. But then if you have to change your date, ABD will not allow you to do that anymore if you've paid for insurance. You then have to cancel the whole trip and make a claim through the insurance company and rebook. What was if you didn't get insurance? Can you still You can move your date with... At, Willy nilly. That seems unfair. Hmm. That does. It does seem unfair, and it seems so. I have been telling people explore your options. There are other options out there. Just explore what's available to you. This has become more restrictive. That's it. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Steve. Okay. Over at Disney Springs, uh, they're inviting guests to stop by the Splash Pad near Once Upon a Toy for their new Beat the Heat DJ Dance Party on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays from six to ten p.m. Uh, this runs through August 12th. Uh, there's going to be refreshments and treats, uh, plus games. So it looks like just a little fun family DJ dance party over at Disney Springs. All right. Thank you, Steve. Corey. All right. The uh, Canelite Processional dining packages can be booked starting tomorrow, July 11th. 
Um, this year's event begins Thanksgiving Day, November 22nd, and runs through December 30th. Uh, the Candlelit Processional presents the traditional story of Christmas with a 50-piece orchestra, a masked choir, and a celebrity narrator. It's performed three times each night, 5 o'clock, 6.45, and 8.15 p.m. throughout the holiday season. Um, returning favorite celebrity narrators include actress, host, Whoopi Goldberg, entertainer, Pat Sajak, actors, Neil Patrick Harris, uh, Cheetah Rivera, Gary Sinise, Blair Underwood, and Edward James Olmos, and Jody Benson, who voices Ariel in The Little Mermaid. Now, they do lunch and dinner packages at various restaurants throughout Epcot. They also do breakfast, lunch, and dinner at a few of the Epcot um, area resorts, and this can be booked... Um, online or by calling 407 ww I have to just jump in a minute. Jody tweeted this morning that she's in New York City recording uh, information, extra additional footage, because The Little Mermaid turns 30 years old next year. Ooh. So you're I probably just, doing a special DVD release. I would just, I would, hmm. if you're a Little Mermaid fan, I would look for some new information. Awesome. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Corey. Rhino. All right, so um, there is a new type of Florida resident um, annual pass that has come out. I sure um, hope you explain it, because I don't think I understand it. I know, it's, it. <laughs> it seems a little weird, but it's it's called um, Florida Resident Theme Park Select. Um, it started yesterday. Um, it's priced at $439, um, and... It's you have access to at least one theme park during um, most times of the year, apparently. So m- my guess is it's acting like a single day ticket instead of a hopper ticket. Um, I, I, I you know it can act as a hopper ticket, but they're going to block out. There will be day. They, they're guaranteeing you, I think, three hundred and fifty days out of the year, or three hundred and twenty days out of the 325. year. Three hundred and twenty-five. Out of three hundred and twenty-five days of the year, you will be able to get into at least one theme park. Yeah. And for I think it's one hundred and seventy-five days yeah. out of the year, you'll be able to get into all four. Yes. So it's extremely restricted. Basically, what they're saying is, you know, if if a theme park is blocked out, at least one of the other four. Yeah. Right. Well, the other ones, at least the other ones, have actual blackout days where you can't go. At all, right? So yeah. this is at least they're guaranteeing you something. Well, they guarantee you something with the other ones too. This is just even these are even more restrictive. These yeah. are the least expensive annual passes. Mm-hmm. They sell at four hundred and thirty-nine dollars. I think it is. Yeah. Well, um, don't they have passes where there are just days that are blacked out? Right. You guys are saying the same thing. Yeah, there are, blo- but this is even more. I think that there are different blockout calendars depending on which pass you have. Right. So this is going to be the most restrictive of the passes that are. You don't offered. want me to ask the question again? No, I got it. But yeah. I, no, I think Universal this is- did this. Um, Universal did this uh, either a year or two back, where they added one that it's you know one of the days it might be blocked out at Universal Studios, but not blocked out at IOA and back and forth. I mean Disneyland has something similar i think too so i'm glad that they brought this here it's okay and and i I am too to a degree because i think it does uh, open up the annual pass pool a little bit more for locals Mm -hmm. but my question is why um why are they doing it i I know i'm sorry is it uh is it in response to what you were just saying that a lot of people are holding back on coming and they need to encourage more people get more people in the parks we know that even when their turnstile numbers are down they are usually able to turn that around by higher per capita spending in the parks so getting more people in the parks even if they're taking a loss leader for a a pass like this makes more sense for them 
Is that the reason they're doing it? And then what happens when Star Wars Galaxy's Edge opens? Um, and then these people that have these four hundred and thirty nine dollar passes just you can go to Disney Springs. Exactly. Uh, that's right. not, Disney Springs uh, is not parking. It, it's about it's about Disney controlling where you go. So it's about saying you're not going to get a Animal Kingdom because Pandora is very crowded. Yeah, it's about I, I think it's more about Disney but saying I'm we saying, need more because the price point yeah. we need more people. Right, in here. What I, I'm saying is they're, just me real quick. What they're saying is we're going to control the fact that you can go somewhere. You can't go where you want to go because that's the most popular park today. But we're still going to entice you to come to Epcot and do something. And I think what it does is it entices people that might not have gone anyway. At least if you buy the pass, you've kind of now got the emotional attachment that I've got a pass, I should go. Where if you don't have the pass, you can say to yourself, oh, there are storm clouds in the sky, I'm not going to go. You know, at least with a pass, they've got you to commit to something. There are a lot of, like, even the passes with the blockout dates. I mean, (laughs) us locals, we're not going to go on those blockout dates anyway because we know it's going to be crazy. Don't look at Craig. I'm I'm not allowed to talk back Just because, no, I'm trying to say it because I think I'm in a position that I know some insight on this, at least with my group of friends. I, my group of friends all used to buy annual passes, and then Disney priced them completely out of it. And ever since then, they've constantly been on the fence. Should we Should we buy again? Are we really going to go enough to justify it? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Something like this, where they've now dropped the price point so low, has massive restrictions on it. But when you're using it as a way to just be like, oh, well, what do you want to do this weekend? Mm-hmm. Well, we can go into this park for a while. Why don't we do that? That is so appealing. So it's like I haven't my main core group of friends. I haven't been able to go to Disney with them in probably three years now because they've been priced out. Something like this could open it back up to that. And um, so, so you you feel that this will resonate with that group, even with the restrictions mm-hmm. and everything else? Yeah. yeah. Before I, I worked here, before I worked for this company, I would never have bought an annual pass. I bought the seasonal pass. Because I wasn't going to go in the summer. I don't want to sizzle. And I wasn't going at Christmas or Easter or spring break because it was ridiculously crowded. I didn't have, working here, you need an annual pass because you have to have access to the park whenever you have to have access to the park. But as a local, excuse me, I never would have bought a pass. So now this pass, I I agree with Craig, now this pass says, okay, so maybe I'm not going to go because it's really crowded, but tonight I want to go and see Illuminations. Or, or I want to go to dinner. Right. Right? Or I want to go to dinner. You don't feel like you have to spend so a whole day there. But after work, I can pop in and do something for right. mm-hmm. my friends. It makes sense to me. I think it's a great thing. What's the price again? For four thirty nine. Four thirty nine, and look, so and they'll do the monthly. So it five to six times, and it's Florida residents, so it'll uh, they'll they'll let you do the monthly payments on it, which is going to make that a lot more. A I have lot a question: more Do you know if you get parking with it? Sure, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm not positive, but even if you don't, I mean, I think that would have been a that would have been a, they would have led with that. Um, if you're not getting parking, that yeah. would they would have to be making that really really clear. But I think you're going to get all the discounts you normally get yeah. with an annual pass. It's just the the restriction and the price, the price point is because of the restrictions. It'd be interesting to see what that blockout calendar looks like for the slight pass. But all right, thank you very much for that, Rhino. Craig, I think it actually does too. Taurus saying yes, parking and photo pass. But uh, moving on to mine. Well, thank uh, you, Tara. <laughs> we all know Tara. Um, I love Tara. We go way back. We do. Uh, New England. Oh, so, is it, oh, it's. Tara. Tara. Oh, we all are yeah. Tara. Yes, yeah. well, I, we do, and I We're do Tara. love it. Not so. Tara. Tara. It's next to 12 Oaks. Uh, okay, so Disney gave a little update on holiday information. 
uh, for this holiday season coming up. And okay, am I wrong? As soon as I heard this story, I thought about The Office. No, that's what it is. Oh, yeah. I said yeah. in the Daily Fix, too. I got so excited. Uh, <laughs> coming to Animal Kingdom this year for the first time, they will celebrate Diwali uh, back in Asia as part of the Up uh, Great Adventure, whatever the full name on it is. But I I think that's awesome. Google Diwali, The Office, and enjoy. It, it, is, it was hilarious. Yeah. It, it's really, really cool that they're, they're bringing Christmas back into Animal Kingdom. I love that. after the... The Christmas parade ended over there. It's just been nothing, essentially, except for the trees. So this is a nice step in the right direction, bringing holiday-oriented back in there. And then, of course, Sunset Season's Greetings is returning to Disney's Hollywood Studios. And uh, they're upping the projection show on Tower of Terror this year by adding lasers. I know, it's exciting. Uh, We went to that last year and realized after 45 minutes that we were standing and looking the wrong way. (laughs) When is this going to start? <laughs> it's some man told us. You got to look if, that way. If you turn around, it's happening. <laughs> Fantastic. Nope. Uh, and the biggest part of that that I'm super excited about is Alien Swirling Saucers is going to add in Christmas music as part of that attraction, too. So it's going to get a little Christmas love. So it's it's a nice, easy way to, to bring Christmas throughout that park. So I'm very excited. And that's... That's all the updates right now. That'll start November 8th. Awesome. Thank you, Craig. And thanks, everybody. We hope uh, that's going to do it for our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. And we will be back with you again next Tuesday with episode number 999 of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Have a great week. <laughs>